We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome back into the Force to Punt podcast. I am your host, Steven Serta. Thank you guys for joining us each and every week. Sorry, I know we're a day late. Uh, normally, we drop these on Wednesday to try to help you out ahead of Thursday night football. Uh, we did it a day late. I'm not even going to lie. It's because of election night. Uh, I think I speak for my guy, Dusty Likens, who's on the other end of this thing, that uh, Tuesday night was a long one. Had a few drinks, stayed up a little too late, watching election coverage. So you get the fantasy pot a day late this week. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll be back to schedule next week. Yeah, Tuesday was exhausting. Um, worked at the other job in the morning and then kind of came home, made some dinner, and the elections uh, started to roll off. You know, what? it, it kind of felt like. Uh, Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone, like that's what it felt like going back from MSNBC, Fox News, CNN, whatever you watch, watching those guys show you what states are in, even though it was like 12% of votes are in, it's still too early to call. It's like seeing Scott Hansen or Field Yates be like, oh yeah, this guy's got one touchdown and your fantasy team's probably losing 72 to 28 and you still have three quarters left with all your team. That's kind of what it felt like. Yeah, it was uh, it was a long night uh, filled with shots of low grade whiskey. I was struggling all day yeah. yesterday, but uh, that's not why you guys come here. So let's get into Week Nine of NFL action. Uh, I do want to start really quick with the Chiefs and Panthers this Sunday. Uh, I know Dusty's very excited. It sounds like Christian McCaffrey's going to be active in this game. Panthers haven't officially activated him yet. But he was a full participant in practice yesterday. Everything seems to be trending in the right direction, which is nice because you want to see CMC against the Chiefs. You want to see one of the best offensive players in the game going against one of the best overall offenses in the game. So it it, it only amplifies my excitement for this football game on Sunday because I do think the Panthers are a little underrated. I think they're a much better football team than people give them credit for. Yeah, look, this is uh, this is like my Christmas morning when it comes to fantasy football, as it should be for a ton of people. In fact, when you see the reports that Christian McCaffrey had practiced with the team and was a full participant, um, you kind of get a sense of hope and joy for a lot of your fantasy teams out there that took Christian McCaffrey first overall because I'm sure your team has struggled. 
because like a lot of you, maybe your strategy when drafting Christian McCaffrey was, oh, I just need a mediocre running back to fill in the second running back slot because technically for most of the time, Christian McCaffrey um, is basically two running backs. Like he hasn't played in six weeks, maybe less than that, maybe five weeks. And he's already projected in most leagues like 22 points. So those are the things that you're excited to see the most about is seeing Christian McCaffrey come back. And he doesn't sort of give me the impression or seem like the kind of guy that will be, you know, 10, 15 touches and that's it. I think he's a freak of an athlete. I think he's just so much more uh, developed and such a better specimen of an athlete that he's going to play. He's going to play his normal role. He's going to. So this could maybe comfort those of you that have Christian McCaffrey as if you wouldn't start him. But he seems like the guy that if he goes out there, he's going to get 15, 20, 25 touches. He's going to be in the game at the end of the game when it's Chiefs 35, Panthers 14. He's going to catch those dinks and dunks. He's going to get most of the handoffs. So unfortunately for those of you that have ridden the Mike Davis uh, coattails, that probably is going to go down. But I expect Christian McCaffrey's numbers to be extremely productive because, yeah, the Chiefs are good. Yeah, their defense as a whole is good. They give up quite a bit of yards to running backs and opposing teams. It is a weakness of the Chiefs' defense against opposing running backs, kind of through the air and on the ground. Uh, I think I'm still I, – I, I still would likely have Mike Davis in play in some way this week because I, Matt Rule said earlier this week that he thinks that Mike Davis has played well enough. He deserves a role moving forward. And so it might not be Christian McCaffrey the clear, like – like we're used to seeing where he's got like 97% of Carolina's running back snaps. But obviously if he's in, he's still going to be like a high 80s to 90% guy. So uh, week week one back against the Chiefs after being off since week two, I think that Mike Davis might still be in play a little bit this week. I think he's got a chance to still be involved in the offense. But obviously if Christian McCaffrey's good to go, you're absolutely putting him in your lineup. Um, it's a much tougher matchup against the Chiefs for the Panthers wide receivers, however, though, because the, Chief, the Chiefs have been fantastic going back to last year against opposing wide receivers, especially in fantasy football. They don't give up a lot of scores, and they don't give up a lot of yards. Uh, DJ Moore is a guy that I am scared to play this week because he's been a pretty big play-dependent wide receiver so far this year, and he's not getting nearly as many targets on a weekly basis as Robbie Anderson is. So I'm probably going to try to avoid DJ Moore this week in my lineup. But if I have to start a Panthers wide receiver, it's definitely going to be Robbie Anderson because I know Robbie Anderson, at least in PPR formats, is a guaranteed floor of like 10 points where he's because he's going to get, you know, 10 to 12 targets. He's going to get all the underneath stuff. So he's going to have the guaranteed touches in this game. So outside the CMC, Robbie Anderson's the only guy I, I, I'm really hoping to start in my lineup against the Chiefs. Other than that, I'm probably avoiding the rest of the Panthers. Yeah, so I think I'm with you there. I don't think there's much more to add if we're going on the Panthers side. Teddy B is a risky play just because I feel like the Chiefs get to the quarterback pretty well. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't know if I want DJ Moore. I like Robbie Anderson because if you think about it, there is potential that if there can be one receiver that can have a productive day, it could be a guy like Robbie Anderson who can kind of sneak around, maybe Trevarius Ward and catch a deep ball and give you those quick 15 points, but, uh, you know, don't bank on it too much because it seems like the Chiefs are are, uh, are pretty well prepared when it comes to games like this. Again, they're 11-point favorites. They're playing 
um, the Carolina Panthers. Let's not forget who they're playing. So uh, let's just you know keep that in mind. Yeah, as far as the Chiefs go, uh, you know, I know last week Patrick Mahomes was fantastic. He had five touchdown passes, but a lot of us were probably disappointed. We thought it was going to be the Le'Veon Bell revenge game, expected Clyde to be heavily involved too. And the Chiefs just decided they were going to throw the football because that's that's the Jets' defense is worse against the pass than they are against the run. We've seen time and time again this season, the Chiefs are so good at beating you in so many different ways that's their game plan this year. They're just going to exploit whatever you're bad at. And this week, the Panthers are bad against the run. So I know Le'Veon Bell let you down last week. I know Clyde let you down last week. I'm starting both of them again this week. The Panthers are, are one of the five worst run defenses in the NFL. Uh, they they were bad going back to last season. Their pass defense has been surprisingly good this year. And so opposing wide receivers have struggled against them. Obviously, you're still playing Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but this might be a week where, you know, maybe play McCole Hardman, but I might shy away from uh, a, a Demarcus Robinson. I put Demarcus Robinson in a couple of my lineups last week, and it paid off because he got a touchdown. Uh, Sammy Watkins also returned to practice yesterday in a limited capacity, uh, so keep an eye on that. There could be an opportunity here that Sammy Watkins is active back in this game, and Sammy might be in play for me this week, but I think I'd just like to stick to the big hitters this one. I think they're going to run the football a lot. Uh, so I'm going Pat. I'm going Tyreek Hill. I'm going Travis Kelsey, obviously. And Clyde and Le'Veon Bell are both in play for me this week. Yeah, nothing to add really on who to play. Obviously, McCall Hardman is a uh, fantasy headache. Uh, I just don't understand like how the Chiefs really plan on using him going forward, whether it's just a matchup. But I'll say this. The Chiefs are a fantasy matchup type of team. So if you really want to know how to play Chiefs players or which players to play, obviously when it comes to Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman, Le'Veon Bell, and Clyde Edwards, um, you have to look at the opponent. Look at what the opponent gives up the most. Look at where they struggle because it looks like that's where the Chiefs are going to attack people. This isn't the same Chiefs team from the last two years where they're just going to go out there and sling it and hope to beat you. They're going out there and strategically playing teams to their weakness. And they did it to Buffalo, they did it to Denver, and they did it last week to the Jets, where Mahomes was just like, you know what, passing's working, Andy Reid agreed, 416-5. and five. So just look at what the Panthers are really bad at, and that's what the Chiefs are going to exploit. And so let's get into this Thursday night football game, because it, it's a train wreck. Um, I think it says a lot about the NFL that we're already at a point where we could have something as bad as what's happening to the 49ers right now, and they're not trying to push games back anymore. They're just saying, well, you just got to play the football game. So I think it says where the NFL's <laughs> yeah. at with the pandemic right now because the 49ers, they lost Jimmy G and George Kittle. So we're probably getting Nick Mullins as the starting quarterback. Uh, Jordan Reed, I think there's potential that he plays in this game. So he, he could be a, a, a guy that you take a look at, but... Uh, he's still been back, come, trying to come back from IR, so he might not be available in this one. So Ross Dwelly might be your tight end. Ooh. Kendrick Bourne, not only after losing Jimmy G and George Kittle, Kendrick Bourne tested positive for COVID this week. Uh, Debo Samuel's out with a hamstring injury again. And they announced yesterday that they're... That, that they had to place Brandon Ayuk on uh, the COVID list because of a close close contact, as long uh, along with offensive tackle Trent Williams. So 
they also cut Dante Pettis this week. So they don't have their starting three wide receivers, their all-world tight end, their starting quarterback, and their starting left tackle in this game. And, oh, and by the way, they're missing Jeff Wilson. They're missing Tevin Coleman. They're missing Raheem Mostert. So your running backs are going to be Jamichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon. Uh, that's about all you can start in this football game for the 49ers. I, I still think that... Jermichael Hasty and Jarek McKinnon are in play. The Packers are a really bad run defense. We saw what Dalvin Cook did to them last week. Um, I think I'd rather play McKinnon than Hasty at this point because I would assume that the Packers are going to put up points and this is going to be a, a disaster of a game for the 49ers. So Hasty might lose a little bit of value, whereas before I thought Hasty had a chance to get like, you know, 15 to 20 touches in this game. Jarek McKinnon's probably got a little bit more value this week because of his role in the passing game. Let's just go to Green Bay. Yeah, it, it, it's that bad for the 49ers. So, uh, the pa- <laughs> I don't have anything to add to that. Well, man. and the, the Packers are dealing with their own COVID issues. Uh, rookie running back A.J. Yeah. Dillon tested positive. Uh, he tested positive Monday, but it was from a test that he took on Sunday. I don't know what the point is of taking the tests on Sunday if you don't get the results back until Monday because A.J. Dillon played in that game last week. So... He exposed several other players, but they haven't had any other positive tests since then. We kind of know how this goes at this point with this thing, though. It doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, that five-day rule that they've got in play, uh, sure. It, 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 you might test negative multiple times in a row, and then a week later you can still test positive. So it doesn't, it doesn't really make a difference a- anymore at this point. But A.J. Dillon's not going to play in this game. Aaron Jones also out in this game in all likelihood. He He's a... Uh, they haven't officially ruled him out, but he's dealing with a calf injury. He did not play last week. And it sounds like he's probably not going to go this week. But because of the close contact tracing, they're also, they also placed Jamal Williams, who had been the fill-in for Aaron Jones and had been fantastic the last couple of games. They placed him on the COVID list because of close contact tracing to A.J. Dillon. So he is not active in this game. So you're looking at Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin as your starting Green Bay Packers running backs. Um, a lot of people are asking me about picking them up and playing them. This is a bad matchup against the 49ers. Even with all the injuries on their defense, they've still been really good against opposing running backs this year. I'm just going to avoid the Packers' backfield this week. Uh, passing game, you're still starting Rodgers. You're still starting Devontae Adams. Robert Tunyon. Has, has been good. I, I was off on him. So I think you can go with him moving forward. And there's a small chance Alan Lazard's back in this game. I'd like to see it from him before I just insert him back into my lineup, though. I don't have much to add other than the last name that Serta gave me. Go scoop up Alan Lazard if nobody has picked him up yet in your league. I know that in my league, he's one of those guys where it's, Almost like he gets used weekly, and then he's done if they don't need a spot on their roster, but he's been hurt, so he's been floating around as a free agent. I picked him up because I really think that he and and Rodgers have a good connection. I think he's Rodgers' clear favorite number two wide receiver. Obviously, this can somewhat kind of hurt Devontae Adams' owners because when it's Devontae Adams is the only receiver for Green Bay, obviously that sounds pretty obvious. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers uses him a ton. Demonte Adams has done nothing but prove me wrong from the very beginning of this podcast where I said he would be the overrated bus player of 2020. Uh, that's been t- a terrible take. Devontae Adams has been great. Aaron Rodgers loves Devontae Adams as he should. But again, if Aaron Lazard or Alan Lazard is available in your league, I think you should pick him up. Don't necessarily have to start him, but with this crazy as bye weeks get and as much COVID uh, problems as there's been as of late, it's a good guy to have stashed on your bench. And the Packers at the trade deadline were rumored to be heavily interested in Texans wide receiver Will Fuller. Uh, thankfully for my guillotine team that just added Deshaun Watson, they did not trade Will Fuller. And the Texans get the Jaguars this week. It's a fantastic matchup for him. Deshaun Watson played them a couple of weeks ago. Levy threw for three touchdowns. Uh, the Jags are also going to be without starting quarterback Gardner Minshew in this game. Uh, start start your Texans and, and, and avoid the Jags. I, I, I don't think that I can trust any Jags offensive weapon this week besides James Robinson. Yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 I'm afraid to play any Jacksonville Jaguars players, Texans players. I mean, I guess we'll get to you here in a little bit, but, but certainly, you know, the, the coinage in, in radio is if you don't have anything more to add to it, just sit it out. So that's what I'll do there. I don't, I don't have anything else to add to your, your, uh, trashing of, uh, Jaguars. Well, I mean, James Robinson has been fantastic this year and they're coming off of a bye week and he had his biggest game of the year against a tough run defense so i do still like james robinson in this game uh and the texans yeah i'm willing to start will fuller uh brandon cooks i i'd even take a chance on randall cobb this week uh as far as david johnson goes he's been brutal but you probably don't have another running back who's going to get as many touches as he does each and every week of course i'm starting deshaun watson um Another game that I'm going to be heavily interested in viewing this week, and not necessarily because I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but the uh, Baltimore Ravens at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, the Colts are a quiet 6-2 and football team with, the, with one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. Uh, I, I, I don't think that people saw that coming from this Colts team, but... I was high on them in the preseason. I thought they were a p- potential playoff team, or they're five and two. Excuse me, not six and two, but they're a quiet five and two. Their offense isn't great, uh, but Phil's been turning it up a little bit more recently, and their defense is really, really good. That Matt Eberflus defense is for real. They've got playmakers, and now they've got a legitimate pass rush. Justin Houston's having a nice season. DeForest Buckner was a huge trade for them. Uh, it- it's a tough matchup. For the Baltimore Ravens, and they're probably going to be without Mark Ingram. Their passing game's been pretty stagnant. Lamar Jackson hasn't been, you know, close to that MVP caliber player that he was last season. But as far as their running game goes, I'm playing J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards this week. I think they're both going to be heavily involved. Uh, Dobbins seriously outsnapped Edwards last week, but Edwards still got 16 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown. He got the goal line carries, which is infuriating. Dobbins is clearly the better player, but when Gus Edwards is in the game, he's getting no passing opportunities because he can't catch. So when he's in the game, he is guaranteed to get carries, and Dobbins is doing all of the other stuff. So I think they're both going to be heavily involved. Dobbins coming off his best game as a rookie. I am going to put both of them in my lineup, even against a very tough Colts defense. 
I think what we're seeing with Dobbins is what we see sometimes a lot in the NFL is that transition about halfway through the season where rookie running backs kind of come into their own. Some are better than others where they start off hot and they just continue to go. I mean, Kareem Hunt's a good example of that. Christian McCaffrey obviously is an anomaly of that. But after watching that Pittsburgh game, a game in where it mattered a lot for Baltimore where they ended up losing, we saw that Josh Dobbins was getting or I'm sorry, that uh, that J.K. Dobbins, I can't even say his name right, but Dobbins is getting the ball and doing a lot more action with it and that they're leaning on him to be more of a spark in that offense. So I think we are seeing Dobbins trend upwards towards being more productive as a, as a running back in that offense. Obviously, with Mark Ingram not fully healthy, that helps as well. I also think this could be a big game for Lamar Jackson. The reason I say that is because the Ravens have only lost four times in the last two years, twice to the Chiefs, once to the Titans, and now they've lost to Pittsburgh. They handle losses pretty well coming off of them, and they play pretty well. Lamar Jackson, I think, is a stud. I think this is a good game for Lamar. I know that the Indianapolis Colts defense is legit, but I'm heavy on Lamar Jackson just because of the revenge factor that this team doesn't like to lose. They don't lose very often, and when they do, they bounce back uh, quite well. Yeah, and I, I still don't think we've seen the best version of this Ravens offense. I think they're going to get some things figured out. Uh the Colts' offense, however, is a mess, and, and yeah. I, don't, I don't think I want to start anybody for the Colts this week against an incredible Ravens defense because Jonathan Taylor, who you know looked like maybe he was going to take over as your clear workhorse running back, just hasn't been that good, first of all, and, and, and second of all, it's becoming a committee. Like, Jordan Wilkins wound up having a bunch of carries last week, and he was more productive than... Jonathan Taylor. Now, after the game, they said that Taylor might be you know, nursing a little bit of a ankle injury or something like that. But it, it seemed to be more that like he's just not producing that much. And part of it is, you know, they're they're still mixing in Jordan Wilkins and Neheim Hines. I I think Jonathan Taylor is a guy that needs a lot of volume to really get going, and so he's not really getting enough volume or opportunity on a weekly basis. And I don't know that I can trust he's going to get those carries moving forward. Their passing game is awful. T.Y. Hilton's been absolutely terrible. Zach Pascal is terrible. Uh, they got Michael Pittman back last week, but he wasn't involved in the passing game. Phil, Phil did throw some touchdowns, but I'm just avoiding this Colts offense altogether this week. And, yes, that means I'm benching Jonathan Taylor if I have him in a league unless I have absolutely no one else to play. I, w I would totally play J.K. Dobbins over Jonathan Taylor this week. Um, yeah, I I think the other thing that's kind of interesting is that Phillip Rivers, or what do you call him, Noodle Arm Phil, he has uh, completely revamped Jack Doyle's career. Uh, if you're a Jonathan Taylor owner, this is one of those tough pills to swallow. I am one of them. He's not starting this week. I don't trust the ankle. I think Phillip Rivers really likes Hines out of the backfield when throwing. And this is a game in which I feel maybe not going to be high octane when it comes to offense. But I think this could be a game in which Indianapolis is behind. And I don't think that Jonathan Taylor's the guy they're going to have in there. I think it's going to be Hines. So if I had to play anybody from Indianapolis, it would be Hines as the running back. Uh, I don't think I'm playing Phillip Rivers. I don't know if I'm playing Jack Doyle. Um, but that's that's my two cents when it comes to Indianapolis. I'm with you, sir. You got to have a tough pill to swallow here because there's a lot of you that probably took Jonathan Taylor maybe late in the second, early in the third, banking on him to be a very productive running back. And right now he's not 100%, and they're playing a very, very brutal matchup. 
And it actually just coming out, a Colts staff member has now tested positive. Uh, but according to Ian Rappaport, practice is still on and scheduled for the Colts. Of course. That staff member is in isolation. This thing's really coming off the rails now. They, it's at the point where they're just going to they're gonna keep saying, oh, well, you know, we made the front office go virtual today. So practice is fine. We'll be, uh, we'll be okay. So uh, we'll continue to monitor that, but it seems pretty clear to me the NFL is going to try to avoid pushing any more games back at all costs. Um, uh, another game that I have to imagine Dusty is heavily uh, in- invested in is the Seahawks at the Bills. Uh, Josh Allen, after the first couple weeks of the season, just hasn't been the same quarterback. Um, but this is an incredible matchup for passing quarterbacks, so I'm curious how you feel about him against the Seahawks this week because if he's going to get this thing going again, it feels like it has to be against this defense. Look, it's pretty obvious what happened to Josh Allen. He got broken by the Chiefs. This happens by, you know, several teams. Chiefs broke the Seahawks. Chiefs have now broken Josh Allen. He's just the next victim. This is a game in which I am extremely, to quote you and one of our very good friends, Sports Horny 4. There's another one that I know we'll get to, and I feel like you probably know which one that is. Surprise, surprise. It's got a Lee Summit native in it. But, yes, this is a game in which I am extremely excited for. I know uh, you have DK Metcalf in this game. Uh, you have uh, Locke in this game. Russell Wilson. I have no idea who's running the ball for the Seahawks right now. Um, but Buffalo, it's like you said. If Josh Allen's going to get his juju back or whatever you want to call it, his fortitude, um, this is the game. And I also like Zach Moss in this game. I think he started to show that maybe he's a little bit of a threat to Singletary. Maybe there's a little bit of stuff there uh, behind that. Zach Moss had a big game last week. Don't take too much into that. But again, Seattle, not a great defense. This game has potential to be a uh, run, run, run and gun type of game where both teams just let it hang and you know, Buffalo's defense, is it the same as last year? It's a little bit more vulnerable, and Seattle obviously is an offensive team. Buffalo can be an offensive team with Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen connecting. And, again, I like Zach Moss. I don't know where you are with Mr. Moss, but I kind of enjoy watching him play. And I, I think well, he's worth a start this week against Seattle. Well, okay, so moving forward, I would much rather have Zach Moss than Devin Singletary because Zach Moss is at least getting the goal line touches, so he's going to get more touchdown opportunities. And Devin Singletary just hasn't been very good. Um, but I'm not, I'm not desperately trying to squeeze him into my lineup against the Seahawks. Actually, the one thing the Seahawks defense has done well this season is slow down the running game. Now, part of that might be because you're, it's so easy to pass on them. Everybody just tries to pass on them. Uh, so they haven't given up many fantasy points to opposing running backs this year. So I, I don't think it's a great matchup. Uh, but I am. Starting Stefan Diggs, Cole Beasley, and John Brown this week, uh, cause the Seahawks defense can't start any, can't stop any wide receivers. It doesn't really matter who they are at this point. So I'm interested in starting all of those guys and I'm putting Josh Allen in my lineup. I still think he's a weekly starter just, despite the fact that he's not on this MVP track anymore. And as far as the Seahawks go, Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, obviously in your lineup. Tyler Lockett did have a quiet week last week. DK Metcalf had the monster game. There's going to be weeks where they go back and forth, and you're just going to have to deal with it. You still have to start them every week. Uh, but I will say, uh, you know, DK Metcalf probably going to see Tredavious White in this game. The Bills' slot corners are absolutely awful. They've been getting gouged by slot wide receivers. So Tyler Lockett coming out of the slot in this game, 
uh, uh, could have another monster game like he did a couple of weeks ago. And their backfield is uh, it, it's worrisome, but you know Carlos Hyde pretty much already been ruled out in this game. Uh, DJ Dallas did have two touchdowns last week. If Chris Carson doesn't go, DJ Dallas is in your lineup. Part of the problem is that you know Chris Carson was a game time decision last week. Pete Carroll said that Chris Carson is not going to practice this week until Friday, and Friday they're going to test it out. So if he practices Friday and they think he's good to go, Chris Carson's probably going to be in your lineup. You can run on the Bills. Uh, and, and he did genuinely test it out pregame last week before they decided to rule him out. So I, I, there's a chance Chris Carson plays in this game. If he goes, he's got to be in your lineup. You can't play DJ Dallas. So you're going to have to monitor that monitor that very closely on Sunday morning. So you you ready you ready to talk about it? Yeah, ben? totally agree. Uh, uh, slots and issues. So two weeks ago it was the Lockett show. Last week was the DK Metcalf show. This week could be the the dual threat, or it could just be the uh, could be the Lockett uh, the Lockett commercial slash production game because of how bad the Bills are in the slot. Also, the Bills can't stop anybody in the running game. All right, the uh, matchup that you were just hinting at, the Denver Broncos at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, as soon as oh. I started talking trash on Drew Locke last week, he he came back and uh, finally started making plays. Uh, that's what you like to see because he hasn't been, looked particularly good uh, since coming back from injury. Uh, Tim Patrick did not play last week. I'm kind of hoping Tim Patrick doesn't play this week either. Because they got, they made an effort to get Jerry Judy much more involved. Jerry Judy's had a, a a frustrating rookie season because when you go back and you watch the tape, you can see Jerry Judy's an incredible route runner. Like Jerry Judy isn't struggling to put up production because he's not getting open. It's just that he's had bad quarterback play. Drew Locke has been hurt, uh, so their chemistry has probably struggled a little bit, but. With Tim Patrick out of the game last week, Jerry Judy saw 10 targets. That was the most targets he's seen in a single game all year. He had four catches for 73 yards. I He should be able to build on that against a horrible, horrible Atlanta Falcons secondary. But I'm afraid if Tim Patrick goes in this game, he's not going to see quite as many targets. I'm hoping Tim Patrick sits this one out because I think this has a chance to genuinely be the Jerry Judy breakout game. Uh, I know he had a big one against the Jets a few weeks ago. But I think this could be his genuine rookie breakout game, especially if Tim Patrick's not involved. So, yeah, I mean, sort of that's what you get when you doubt guys like Drew Locke that can absolutely slang it. Now, obviously, that was a game in which it was a weird Chargers charging game. It was the third game, I think, in a row where they had let at least a 17-point game slip. Look, and, I mean, Drew Locke just hasn't been Drew Locke is a quarterback in which I don't think we're there yet. I think we're still another year away from seeing what his true potential can be, and we do see little signs of it, but let's be true with ourselves. He doesn't have a lot of options out there because Noah Fant has been up and down. Cortland Sutton is not in the game. Philip Lindsay has been really surprising to me. I don't think he uh, is a play this week due to his uh, injury that he's been dealing with, and I just don't know how healthy he truly is. Melvin Gordon, obviously, I don't think gets enough touches, but I'm with you. I think that Jerry Judy is worth it. I think Jerry Judy does do a lot of good things for that offense. That's Drew Locke's number one target right now because he's his best receiver on that team. And just imagine what this team can be next year as they get more and more developed and they get a little bit more healthier. But, uh, yeah, this is a game in which I'm extremely excited about because there is a lot of potential action 
on the table for both teams because obviously we'll get to the Atlanta side here right now. Yeah, um, I, I'm still playing Noah Fant in this game. And if you're desperate, I think you could you could play Drew Locke. Um, if you're you know, dealing with injuries or bye weeks, I, I think he he he's probably worth a look, but I'd rather not. Um, he's probably not rostered in a lot of leagues. Uh, Albert O has been getting a ton of volume, especially if Tim Patrick is out again this week. I think that Albert O might be in play this week. Uh, Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon are back to kind of split and carries. Uh, I think you can play both of them, but at this point, I'd probably rather play Lindsey. Lindsey's just looked like the better running back over Melvin Gordon. Uh, and then on the Falcons side, the Broncos have been pretty good against opposing passing games. Uh, they, they've slowed a lot of, uh, a top tier guys, but, uh, Justin Herbert did still have a good game against them last week. Um, AJ Boye's in the concussion protocol, so there's a chance he doesn't go in this game. Uh, obviously you're starting Julio. I'm starting Matt Ryan. And uh, Calvin Ridley dealing with an injury. He's questionable this week. If he goes, you got to put him in your lineup. Uh, Hayden Hurst is, you know, tight end. Tight end's a train wreck, so I, I would still play him this week. And, and as far as Todd Gurley goes, he's been splitting a lot more snaps and a lot more carries with Brian Hill. Uh, so that's worrisome, but Gurley's still getting the uh, goal line carries. He still has touchdown upside every week, so he still has to go in your lineup, unfortunately. And before we get out of here, let's dive into the Sunday night football oh, matchup, the Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I really checked in on Michael Thomas this week. I, I think that he's returned to practice. Uh, he is. Okay. Sir, do we got breaking news is Miles Gaskin just goes through the IR, by the way. Yeah, they announced this week that he's dealing with an MCL injury and he was going to be out at least three games, so. Uh, not so not a surprise Sadly. there. That's that's why the uh, Dolphins traded with the Chiefs for DeAndre Washington. Well, I added in uh, a couple of deep leagues. I wouldn't rush out and add DeAndre Wa- Washington in most leagues, but uh, a couple of my deep dynasty leagues, he was worth a grab. Uh, might might have an opportunity because Matt Breed is also not practicing, so he may not be involved. Jordan Howard's been a uh, healthy inactive the last few games as well, so DeAndre Washington might be stepping into a serious role here for the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, Sunday night football, Saints at Bucks, Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders both return to practice. Uh running back Alvin Kamara is not practicing. Uh but uh he's it just seems like it's kind of maintenance, they're just kind of resting him. So uh there's a good chance Michael Thomas finally returns this week. Uh but the Buccaneers are genuinely one of the best defenses in the NFL, so it's not a great matchup. Um I think the Bucks are gonna be looking for revenge for that uh week one loss. I don't love this game for the Saints. Obviously, you're starting Alvin Kamara. I'm not probably not starting Drew Brees, but I think if Michael Thomas is in your lineup, uh, you, you probably got to get him in. You've been holding on to him all year, uh, banking on him being your number one wide receiver. I don't see why you wouldn't put him in if he's finally active in this game. Yeah, and one point I meant to make when we were talking about Atlanta and Denver, I don't know what happened, but I was just going to say this is the game in which uh, you have to start Hayden Hurst. If it doesn't work, break up with Hayden Hurst. When we go back to uh, this game, when it comes to uh, Sunday night, when it comes to the Saints and the Bucks, I'm only starting Alvin Kamara. I don't want anybody else. Obviously, Michael Thomas, if he's there, but then again, I don't know if he is. Um, we still don't know about that, but uh, when we when we talk about the Saints, it's – the end is near, my friend. 
and my friend, I mean Steven Serta, it's almost it's it's almost over for the New Orleans Saints in this this run that they have. Yeah, I've been off the Saints bandwagon all year. Uh, real quick on the Bucks side, Chris Godwin going to be out in this game. I'm starting Mike Evans. I'm starting Gronk. The Saints secondary has not been good this year. Uh, Antonio Brown has been activated by the Buccaneers. Uh, probably going to be involved in this game. I would like to wait a week on Antonio Brown. I put him in a lineup in one league, though, because my team's bad anyway. So I'm just taking a swing. Uh, that's... That's the only way I would probably put him in my lineup this week. Um, how, how do you feel about AB, Dusty? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm all in on Antonio Brown. I think that you have to start him. I think that Bruce Arians' quote was probably the most devastating thing you could have heard uh, when you're trying to think about if you should start Antonio Brown early this week. Bruce Arians was like, well, you know, he, he can play 10 to 15 snaps. He can play 25 to 30 snaps. He's in great shape. We'll just see how it goes. So he's obviously kind of in that Andy Reid realm where it's like, we're not going to give away anything. But look, here's the deal. They went out and got him. He's got a relationship. Whatever that relationship was, it is with Tom Brady, it works between them. Chris Godwin not playing. It's a brand new toy in that offense. And let's be real. You don't have to like Antonio Brown. A lot of people don't. But there's a thing here. Antonio Brown's going to play. He's going to be productive. Start him in your leagues. If you don't do well with that, you can come blame me. and You can go find me at, at Dusty Likens on Twitter. And you can say whatever you want. Here's another thing. Start the Bucks defense. I'm big on the Bucks defense this week. Yeah, I, I'm not going to be quite as bullish on Antonio Brown as you are, but I will get him into my lineup. Uh, ben Tronald Jones, start Leonard Fournette, but I wouldn't expect all that much because the Saints run defense is really good. So that's all we got for you guys this week. Thank you guys so much for joining us each and every week on the Force to Pump podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to us on the radio.com app. Go win your fantasy matchups. We'll talk to you Sunday morning. Peace. Christian McCaffrey is back. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.